Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Faultline Social Podcast. Today, we're talking to Ash Gray, who's the guitarist for the band Venom Prison. Uh, Ash is going to talk us through how lockdown's going for him, uh, the writing process, and uh, we're also going to talk about the upcoming album that's scheduled for this year, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this one, and thanks again for listening. Cheers. Yeah, sorry about that. It was a bit of a nightmare. Oh, no worries, mate. No, absolutely no no problem at all. Um, I'm at home all day, so yeah. <laughs> Join the club. It's boring yeah. as fuck, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is a bit, mate. It is a bit. Um, yeah, what's, what are your plans for today then after this, man? What's going on? Um, I've got quite a bit of Venom Prison stuff to sort. Um, work was quite busy yesterday. I finished like super late, so it's kind of knocked on to today now. <laughs> so I've got a yeah. fun day of sorting it all. Nice, man. Just caffeinate. That's what I've been doing. I mean, it being pushed back was actually good because I managed to get another cup. So, uh, yeah. I've already fueled myself with a coffee. Yeah, yeah. I, think I'm, I think I'm constantly wired now at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just gets you through the day, doesn't it? You know, if you've got like a lot of stuff to do, admin stuff, you know, like, yeah. Just caffeinate. It's the best way, isn't it? Yeah. All right, man. So, um, yeah, how are you doing in lockdown? Um, you know, what's uh, what, what have you been up to? Um, it's been re- well. It's been really busy, if I'm honest. Like, you know, Venom Prison has been busy, which is good. Like, especially coming into the lockdown last year is quite scary because, like, you know, you don't really know, you know, what you're getting yourself into or <clears throat> anything along those lines. So we decided to keep busy and, you know, just start writing and just making sure the band ticks over through lockdown and such because. Even though the touring side of it's gone, it necessarily doesn't mean that we need to stop, if that makes sense. Because even still, like when you do have the normal, you know, when the world was a bit more normal, you know, the touring cycles would only be three, four tours a year. And then in between there would be like, you know, writing, press, you know, like music videos or whatever it was. So we've kind of just treated it the same just without touring. So apart from that, all of us have been working as well. So we've basically been working, recording, writing, and that's kind of where we are a year later still. Yeah, that's it, man. Well, I was going to say, obviously, there's no um, no live shows or touring really at the moment at all. But are you one of those bands that like writes on the road as well? Or when you're out touring, do you kind of just focus on that like 100%? Um. To be honest, writing this time round has been a lot more enjoyable in a weird way um, because this is the first time we've actually ever been able to, you know, be at home for a long, consistent time since, you know, the band started. When the band started, it was basically go, go, go. Like, we haven't really stopped. And even when we were doing, like, the Trivium tour, like, before that tour, we were writing Samsara, then we carried on writing it on that tour, got home two weeks later, carried on writing, you know, a bit more. And then we left for the US for seven weeks, come home then and two weeks later, we're in the studio. So even though, you know, we took time to perfect and, you know, refine stuff, I, I still think this lockdown given us, you know, the time to kind of reflect, I think, reflecting is the biggest element of this time around with this record like we went into the studio december to do the drums um and now we're just figuring out when to get the guitars done especially with lockdown going on um it's made it a bit more difficult at the moment so yeah i think i think this time around like we've really been able to lock into every instrument like when we were doing the drums we were there for like 10 days just doing the drums alone and the guy with Scott Atkins, we were just like, basically just kind of almost like writing the songs whilst in the studio as well. Like we went in with all pre-production and all the ideas that we had ready and whatnot. But this was just a nice time to be like, we've got 10 days, let's spend a day per song. And whilst we go through it, let's actually perfect things. Like maybe this section needs to be a bit longer or maybe this structure would be better this way around. So it has it, it has been beneficial. Well, I was going to say that's quite a quick turnaround then, is it? Because um, Primeval was like uh, October of last year, so it's not like a huge gap between 
kind of that coming out and then getting straight getting straight back onto something new that's um the primeval we were lucky um we were quite lucky with primeval because it was the demo and the ep and then the two new songs so december 2019 yeah december 2019 we basically just went into the studio re-recorded all the demo songs and the ep songs and then the two new songs that we have were part of the writing process of album three which we're into now right um, but we were lucky enough to me and ben just when we write we just we just keep writing just song after song after song so i think this album we come to like 17 18 songs i think oh wow and then we were just like okay we need we need to give primeval something to make it um a bit more exclusive so we were like let's throw two new songs on that were the early development of album three so that also worked in our favor people listening to the two new songs on that release and kind of going hang on a minute where did these two songs just appear from yeah but the story behind it is is those two songs were the early process of the album that we're now recording Right, right. Okay. So get maybe a teaser of what's to come if you uh, discount the uh, the previous tracks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll get into the writing a little bit later. Um, I just want to go back in time uh, yeah. and, you know, just kind of get kind of uh, an idea of, you know, um, kind of what your early musical influences were. Um, you know, did you have kind of like a, a particular formative moment or experience that kind of really um, cemented music as, as kind of a, something you'd want to do, like, all the time, you know? Um, I mean, I, I'm like speaking for myself, like I'm not sure about the other guys. Well, I know Ben definitely, um, who plays guitar in Ben and Prison, but I was really lucky that my dad was like very into metal music. And, you know, I think the first show that he took me to was Motorhead. Um, and like, a good one. <laughs> you know, like we would always go and watch Maiden whenever Maiden would come like close enough to home. Um, and then the area I grew up in was like a very lucky area because this area I live in was where the venue TJ's used to be. And we would get all the big tours, all the shows coming through, like even like the underground stuff or like the bigger bands and whatnot. And that venue in itself is, you know, quite a notorious venue. It's a venue where Kirk Cobain proposed to Courtney Love and um a few doors down is where joe strummer lived from the clash and stuff and it was a very heavily music based area for mm. wales um and then we had the pub which was more of like the hardcore shows and and you know we it was just constant like i was saying to someone not long ago that there was never a week that went by where you couldn't go to at least two shows that you wanted to go to whether it was in the pub or TJ's and me getting into that as well was like from school. Like I remember, I think it was like, it must've been when I first went into high school. Like I was already into metal at that point and punk, but I didn't really know much about like the more underground and the niche parts of stuff, especially with like hardcore and whatnot. I remember just going into school and I must've been in yeah, year seven. And I had, I don't know if you remember, like route one used to do those camo backpacks um and some guy was like oh are you into hardcore and i was like <laughs> what i was like what the fuck is hardcore like all i know is metal punk and you know the obvious things and i was like what the fuck is hardcore and he was just like meet me at the gate tomorrow at the end of school and then he gave me a hellfest 2000 dvd and was just like watch this dvd when you go home and it had like bleeding through buried alive walls of jericho um just like endless amounts of bands and stuff. And I was just kind of like that. I, I really got into it so quickly. And then he was like, here's a flyer for a show that's going on in town, you know, next week or so. And he was putting the show on. And then I kind of just started making friends through that way and getting more involved in music as a whole. I was already playing guitar at that point. Um, and then I think just like over the years, just kind of, meeting people and starting like small band projects and stuff and 
yeah, it kind of just one thing led to another, if I'm honest. Like, I was yeah. all <laughs> surrounded by music. Like, I, this is why lockdown is the most bizarre thing to me because it's the first time in my life where I've never, you know, haven't been around it as much as I'm used to being around it. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. Like, I, I had no idea there was such, like, a, a vibrant scene. You know, that's my very... Anglo-centric view, you know, very, you know, <laughs> not. Uh, I, I'd be honest, you know, I don't, I don't know too much about the Welsh uh, music scene, but yeah, that's that's like amazing, man. That um, um, there was all these kind of bands you could come up and see, and yeah, that's great. So you mentioned you were playing the guitar by that point, um, and like when people get into the guitar, it's just, it's kind of like a big barrier to entry, right? Because you do just suck for for ages, right? <laughs> and now you play a very kind of uh, kind of advanced, you know, fast. Um, Kind of you know metal is you know what neoclassical whatever kind of style you want to you want to say um so yeah what kind of um was there something about playing that just kind of drove you to want to get better or was it um was it playing in bands was it just wanting to be like your guitar heroes or you know what kind of gave you that drive to start with it was definitely more bands it was it was definitely more to do with being in bands that playing guitar initially you know, struck with me. I would like to learn, you know, songs and sit down and, and practice and whatnot. But it was bands that really gravitated me, you know, towards being like, I love playing guitar. I've never been, I've never really been a big fan of just, you know, learning other people's songs as such. I've, I've always been more into the idea of songwriting. Like I, I, I find it a lot, lot more interesting and fascinating to kind of you know, create and work around something and, you know, break something down to the point where, like, you realise you've got something that you're like, right, I'm super happy with this, but then nobody really realises that there were 68 versions <laughs> of that song you're now hearing, you know, before it. And it's the same with, like, talking about album free now. Like, there's so many versions of, you know, every song as such that no one will ever know about do you know what I mean? And I, I think that is the beauty of writing an album or even writing music is that no one ever sees the bare bones of what something was until you finally hear it and you just think that, oh, that's probably how the song just came out. And it's just, there's like a quite a nice beauty and hidden art to it, I guess. And I think that's what really gravitated me towards, you know, wanting to become better at playing guitar to write better songs. Yeah, definitely, man. There is that very much, you know, when the artist looks at the marble or whatever, see the sculpture inside, but, you know, it <laughs> requires a lot of shaving away till you get to that point, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Nice, man. So you kind of picked up the guitar, played in bands. As you're younger, you're getting better and better. And then before Venom Prison, there was, you were played with um, Brutality Will Prevail. Um, so, you know, how did that kind of come about? Was this, did you know those guys? Um, so... That same again, this that boils down to uh, like Newport and the music scene. Like even the younger bands um, that I was in before being in BWP and stuff, we'd always play shows with them, always go to shows that they'd be playing, you know, in local places or if a band I was in was also playing the same show. And I think we kind of always just knew each other. Like I, I don't think it was more of like something kind of popped up and i remember just i think i was still in school when i joined bwp i think i was like in year 11 or something like that or six i can't remember i think it was like towards the end of high school and i remember just getting a text message being like do you have a passport and i was like <laughs> yeah i do and they're like we have a euro tour coming up soon do you want to join the band and learn the songs and come on tour and i was just like sat in school just thinking anything's better than this right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of took, I just kind of said yes and took the opportunity. And I think that's kind of how all that started. It was so, I don't know the right word, like it was so like seamless the way it was just like, do you want to do this? Yes. Okay. And then the next week I was just in band practice. And that was how it really started with BWP. We won't focus too much on them because I want to talk more about the the more um, current stuff. But um, how did the formation of Venom Prison uh, come about then? Um, so I can't remember what year 
it was it was just before Venom Prison started, but I'd left BWP at that point. And I'll be honest, I, I'd done so much touring with them at that point. Like I'd done I don't even know how many years I was in them at that point, like six, seven years off the top of my head and was constant touring. I know like we even did tours that were like four or five months and and whatnot. And as much as I loved doing it and it was great, I just felt like I just wanted I, I just wanted to do something different musically. And it wasn't quite, you know, it was so demanding and so busy, it was just like I'm never gonna get a chance to, you know, try and write what I wanna write if I'm touring this much with these guys. So I decided to leave. And then I also went to university after I left BWP as well. So there was there was quite a few things. Like it wasn't just to do with like being in another band or doing it. There were like quite a lot of other things that kind of gravitated me towards making that decision where <coughs> as soon as I left, I went straight into uni. And then I was I thought I was done with bands, if I'm honest. I thought I was gonna just go into studio production and that was that was me done. I was like, I'll happily just record records and that's all I want to do. And then I think it was only like four months after that, I was just like, I need to be in enough, I need to do another project. I was yeah. like, I'm so bored, I need to do something. And I think Larissa had left Wolf Down at that, that point. Um and I remember just writing a demo, recorded it all myself, the first demo Defy the Tyrant, and then basically just sent the track out to a bunch of people I knew like Ben who plays guitar in Ben and Prison who I also knew from shows that he would play in Newport from his old band um, and I think it was just kind of like sent it around to everyone and then everyone was just like really down to do this so Larissa recorded vocals on it Ben like just learned the songs came to practice and then everyone kind of fell into place from that demo and that's also the re- like the reason why we wanted to re-record that demo and EP because there was only me really on it, me and Larissa as such, because she did her vocals on it. So everything else was myself. And I feel like the old, you know, the more time Venom Prison was together, the more you would hear everybody's like personal traits and characteristics on the songs. And every time I'd listen to the demo, I couldn't hear that. I could just hear me. Right. So it was to the point where we wanted to do it in between Animus and Samsara, but for some reason things kept coming up and everyone was just like, it's not the right time, it's not the right time. And then after Samsara, we were doing like the touring and, you know, festivals and we had a bit of downtime. And then I remember someone being like, we could do that idea right now if you wanted to. Everybody could learn the songs in a couple of weeks and we could just go straight into the studio and then it was brought up with we need maybe two new songs just to make it a bit more of a special thing. And I was like, well, we've been writing album three. Let's just chuck two of those songs on it as well. So yeah, like it I think Primeval's a lot to do with like the start of Venom Prison as well, because it's finally a chance for everyone to hear what the band sounded like in the early days with all of the members. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. Yeah, you mentioned uh, university. So was was that a production based degree? Is that what you were thinking of going into before? Yeah. So you started writing again. Yeah. Yeah, that that was. So I did audio engineering for just um, studio or post production or anything along those lines. But that was always something I wanted to do, but just never really had the chance. Right, and that's we'll that, we'll come back to that because. Um, I was going to ask, you know, uh, how hands-on are you in, in the production of the tracks and stuff? And um, I just wanted to get an idea of, we talked about, you know, kind of there's many iterations of a song before and before you see the final version. But I just wondered if you could go a little more in depth, maybe into that process. You know, how do you kind of start out when you when you want to start writing? Um, normally, because me and Ben are the main songwriters um, for doing all the songs, we're lucky enough to both have like small home studio setups. So it's kind of like, I'll just come into the room and just start like, you know, I'll take a day out and just start writing a song on my own. Just get through as much as I can, try and get a whole song together and then send it to Ben. And then Ben will, you know, load it up in his studio and whatnot. 
and then he'll put himself on it and pull the song apart and add stuff to the songs and you know kind of put himself on it as well just say this bit doesn't work here or you know i would do this here not that and then vice versa he would do the same write a song on his own send it to me and i'd be like don't like this bit i would do this and then i just record my bit into it then put a bit of myself on it and that's kind of like why through lockdown it was still i know like a lot of bands were saying it's really difficult to write through lockdown but weirdly that never changed for us that was the way we we were always demoing and writing anyway it was just kind of getting the idea of a song sending it to each other pulling the song apart then just kind of getting what we would call like a rough final idea send it to the other guys they would put their input into that we would come back into the um demoing phase and then just kind of keep editing and adjusting and adjusting till five people all say yeah this is great but it's not always the case. That's why we end up with 18 songs. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that's that's kind of why going through lockdown, it, it, it didn't phase me with the writing element of it because nothing really changed for us. We were still, you know, doing exactly what we've always done from day one of when this band started. I mean, there are occasions where me and Ben will meet up and you know, just kind of sit with each other with a guitar and just kind of like go over bits and just be like, I wouldn't do that, I'd do this and just kind of tweak everything as we go along. And I mean, we don't stop tweaking until, the you know, until we're in the studio and that record button's been hit. It's like even now, even though the drums have been recorded for album three, we can't change anything rhythmically, but like we're still like, you know, notations and like kind of like little sections where we'd be like, actually could switch it around to this. It's still the same rhythmically, but it might sound a bit better with these harmonies or things like that. So I think we're always forever tweaking something until it's finished. And I don't think anything's ever changed really. Um, bit different with this album though, if I'm honest, because this album that we're recording is definitely a bit different for Venom Prison, but in the right direction, I think. We're just kind of starting to kind of just utilize like our best traits and then kind of structuring everything a bit more. We're really looking into songwriting a bit more now, more than just, you know, good riff, good riff, good riff, heavy bit, good riff. We're actually looking into like how we can actually make those song structures more like, you know, dominant as a whole rather than focusing on a good riff or like letting the vocals come through or just even just being a bit more experimental. So this album's definitely been a bit more of a grind because we've just been trying to, you know, find our feet on certain things and kind of figuring out what works for us. Because I've always said from day one that we'll never write the same album twice. Like, I don't really believe any Venom record sounds like the one next to it, if you know what I mean. Like, I yeah. don't think Animus sounds like Samsara. And I don't think, you know, the demo and EPs, I don't think they sound like anything. And that's kind of why we did Primeval, because even still, if you haven't heard those songs before, it's not like you just think it's a B-rate version of Samsara or Animus. And I think that's the way I like to keep the writing process, keeping it a bit, you know, unique every record. So it's kind of just almost, you know, you're musically experimenting as a band and you're never giving anyone that option to say the last record was better than the other record. And <laughs> if it if it is, then I think that's more, you know, subjective or an opinion to it because they don't have relations so there's no connection to being able to say yeah this sounds like that obviously it'll have the venom prison sound because we'll always have that sound but in terms of like actual songwriting and album structure i don't think there'll ever be a record that kind of clashes with another one yeah that's you know that venom prison sound um you know if you had to put like a label on it you know, for example, um, but how, how would you like kind of define your sound? 
it's, it's difficult. I think it's right. difficult yeah, for everyone. Yeah. Including, of course. It's a, including us. Like, yeah. I don't think we know either. Um, yeah. It's an unfair question, really. Just ask an artist, what do you sound like? It's like... But it's, <laughs> it is a good question, though, because yeah. I think the whole death metal thing, that kind of... I think that just kind of came from nowhere, if you know what I mean. It was just like, oh, they're a death metal band. And it was like, right. you know, I was just kind of there and I was like, do you know what? That That's probably the closest thing I could pinpoint. But then you'd listen to what we're doing now and same again, you'd be like, is it a death metal record on bits? Mm. But I, I think I think that's the whole thing with, you know, all these subgenres and the way music's evolving. I, I don't think anyone can go for the obvious stuff anymore. Like I was talking to someone same again not long ago about like how everybody will want to start like a metal or death metal band but then they'll just go and write a record that sounds like i don't know a band from like early 90s or like you know something like entombed or something and that's cool and i do like those bands like i, I do think it's great but you're not really creating anything new and you're not really trying to push those boundaries of what the genre is doing at the moment. And I think you shouldn't really be afraid of like being true. Like, I don't know the right word, way to word it, but you shouldn't be afraid of staying true to a genre just because someone has told you that's how the genre sounds. A lot of these bands that have become iconic, like you look at Carcass when they did Heartwork, like at that point when they released that record, none of their albums before it sounded anything like it. They were just like a grindcore band. And then, you know, they released that record and it it was almost like an unheard of thing at the time. You know, it was so new and innovative. It was it was just a clear indication of a band being like, it doesn't matter what we're gonna do, as long as, you know, we write the songs we write and, you know, we keep those traits that people can identify us with, then why does it hurt to kind of leave that circle a little bit? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, when when these terms get, you know, picked up and, like, introduced into the common language, you know, like death metal, for example, like, I don't know if that term's been around since, like, the 80s or the 90s, maybe. Like, yeah. and, like as you say, like, things evolve so quickly now, you know, and, you know, without going into, like, the 500 different subgenres that, you know, exist on Wikipedia or whatever. We did touch briefly on um, how you think uh, the sound has changed a bit, but you know, if if you could, um, you know, in real terms, if you could say, you know, what what kind of do you see the evolution of the band um, so far? Like, uh, <laughs> and again, you know, you don't have to use labels if you don't want to. You know, um, you know, what? How do you see the band as it started, and um, where do you think you guys are heading? I think when we started it, it was just kind of everybody who was in, you know, bands previously to Venom Prison. We were all in, like, more hardcore-focused bands. Um, well, no, in fact, we all were. Just thinking about it now, like, five years later, I've just realised we all were. Um, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, everyone who was in those bands were all good musicians, and I think everyone was just itching to just do something that was a bit more you know, had a bit more layering and a bit more complex and something a bit more in depth. And I mean, I know obviously you can do that in any genre, like it doesn't matter, but for us, it was, it was metal. It was just like, you know, I would like to try and, you know, sink myself into something that's actually going to be a bit of a challenge and something that I not really tried before. Like this is this, well, I know obviously when I was younger, I would have done like metal-ish type bands or something, but this is the first you know, legitimate metal band I've ever done. Um, so it was always kind of interesting to kind of be able to create something that I've never really done myself. Um, so when we first started, it was just, you know, stripped back metal, something just a bit heavy, something a bit groovy and fast. And I think the further it goes along the timeline, then Animus was more, of, you know, how do we push it? to be more extreme than the EP and demo. Um, so we made it, you know, a bit more grind core, heavy death metal. And then we got to Samsara 
And I think then that's when we were kind of a bit like, we need to write something that is different from Animus, but we could go a bit more technical, a bit more melodic in sections. We could kind of really push, you know, the way we all play our instruments. And I think that's what, well, that's what we did with Samsara. And now we're on album three, which now we've taken another turn and just kind of gone, right, let's try and, you know, write better song structures, write, you know, bigger sections with bigger hooks and, you know, those more memorable moments. We're trying to like really lock in with album three. So it's almost like instead of just there being that good moment on Samsara in like one of the songs, it's like when that good moment's in a song and album three, we're really capitalizing on it and just, you know, making it more memorable still keeping like all the elements that you'd be able to like identify the band with. But then also we've been experimenting loads with like synthesizers, orchestral stuff. Um, we've used like a lot of cello and, you know, violins and a lot of keys, the synth um, pads, electronics and all that stuff. And I mean, by saying that, I'm not saying that, you're going to listen to it and it's going to be a happy hardcore rave like thing. But, you know, like we're all very, especially me and Ben, I'm like, I'm very into like, you know, music scores and like video games and films and stuff. Like I really like, like Hans Zimmer and, you know, just that more immersive experience. So yeah. try to like really, ben, like Ben is a massive fan of all that, you know, type of stuff as well. And, we just tried to make it like really immersive. Like it's still super heavy and like fast in sections, but then I, you know, there's some songs where we just completely abandon all that and just go very immersive and still very dark and sinister. But I think we just haven't been afraid with this record, if you know what I mean. I think it's the first album as a band where we've actually kind of, you know, sat there and gone, we're actually going to just do what we want to do. And it's still going to sound like Venom Prison because we can't change the way we write songs as people. And we can improve and, you know, maybe take a different approach. But you're always going to know if the two fundamental people who are writing the songs is still in the band, you're always going to know it's their piece, if you know what I mean. It's going to have your fingerprints all over it, no matter how the... Um how the uh, instrumentation and the orchestration kind of yeah out in the end yeah yeah and even even kind of like when we chose like a different producer this time we went to scott atkins who does all like like he's done so much he's done like behemoth cradle of bill um so much stuff um but we got him on board with the songwriting process as well um and it's, it's been really interesting because you can just go in with a clean slate he doesn't have an opinion on the band or anything because, you know, this is the first record he's done with us and even showing like him the songs and like some of the songs that are a bit different. And we would, we would listen to the pre-production before recording and, you know, kind of sit around and just kind of talk about the pre-production and talk about the songs. Um, and even like him, he was just like, I know this may be different to you guys, but he was like, it does sound very different from anything you've done, but you can kind of identify in all these sections that you are the same band still and you are still doing those, you know, personal traits, but you've just completely approached something differently. So that's kind of why, like, I think the evolution of this band is always kind of ex like, uh, it, when I say exciting, like for myself as well, like I'm always very excited to kind of see what this band does next because even like I know like people have said like in you know interviews or press before that you know we're quite an unpredictable band but we're also quite unpredictable to ourselves as well you know like when I listen to the pre-production back of this new album I literally never had a clue we'd write a song like that <laughs> four years ago you know what I mean when the band started so it's also it's always a nice surprise for ourselves as well like I think we are very unpredictable in that sense. So you've recently signed, I say recently, this was the last 
um, record label you signed to Century Media? Was that uh, last year? Um, when we were in the studio. December. I think it was yeah. early, early. Yeah. So I say yeah. last year, but this it was like a few oh, months it, ago or whatever. These years have merged yeah. into one. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, how have you found that experience so far? Has it been? Has it massively impacted the way you work, or you know? Um, yeah, I think we were we were dying for something like that to come around. Um, Prosthetic were great for us. Like they were really good to us. You know. I can't forget what they've done to the build-up to this band. But I think we really did need to just step up to another level with, you know, music and backing as such. And I think the way Album 3 is going and, you know, the writing to it and stuff, we did really want to just make sure this record had the biggest possible push it could have, especially like in the climate that we're in at the moment. I think having as much backing as you possibly can at the moment is so important to keep bands active and busy and keeping them keeping them alive, if anything, you know, like think about how many bands you've seen throw the towel in over the last year or so. And I mean, it is sad. Like I've seen quite a few now, you know, just kind of throw the towel in and be like, there's no point but I think that's kind of that you know that boost that we needed as a band as well just kind of fresh new label new album and just kind of knowing that we've still got our feet on the ground and we're not really defeated as such so I think Sentry coming around when it did and I mean it couldn't have been better timing if I'm honest like that was my first initial thought when like you know, we kind of announced Century and we were sat in the studio as we were announcing it. And I was kind of saying to the guys, I was like, it couldn't have come at a better time, really. I feel like, you know, recording a new album is as good as it, you know, is great anyway. But being able to then like pull out a big name like Century and say like, and we're also backed by this label for this album kind of give the band a bit more motivation as well, I think, like more so than, you know, I would like to say we're a very motivated band. I'm sure it looks like that from the outside as well. Um, but internally, I think it also gives us that extra bit of flair to be like, do you know what? We're fucking right in this record and it is going to be something, you know, special to the band. Yeah. Amazing, man. It definitely helps have that, <laughs> that kind of backing behind you. Right. Um, yeah, that support's so vital. Um, so you mentioned a few bands kind of dropping out and kind of throwing the towel in. Do you think, are we going to continue to see that kind of thing? Do you think there's going to be like um, like a threshold for kind of bands who are kind of in the middle, maybe just about to get signed, maybe on the other side of the line? I don't really know. It, yeah. It's so difficult, isn't it? Like, yeah. I think I, have, I haven't seen like lots of bands throw the towel in, but I've definitely seen a fair few um, over the last year or so. And I think for those smaller bands, more than likely, because I think, you know, it's hard enough being a new smaller band. Right. As it is anyway, like I think even when I like speak to people who are, you know, starting bands or have been in bands for like a year or so, and they're trying to push their band. And I kind of like always say to them, I'm always like, I, you know, I totally get it. I said, you know, I was playing in an established band before Venom Prison and I took the risk to start a band from the absolute bottom level. Right. Yeah. Of, you know, like considering I was touring, playing like, you know, festivals and all that. And then yep. I dropped all that to go back to playing in a pub with <laughs> a, a death metal band to then grow it again. And I can always relate to it and, and say like, yeah, it's, it's really fucking difficult starting a band and, you know, getting it to like gravitate and just, you know, towards people and grow and grow. So with this on top of it as well, is it just must be fucking like soul destroying for so many bands that are eager to kind of push and get out there. But I think my only advice to that would just be just keep writing and just releasing music. I think as long as you just keep writing and releasing music, I think people will see 
the work. People will see that, you know, you're pushing it. And I think it will be all right eventually. But I know that's a lot more overwhelming for so many bands to just kind of think, oh, we'll just keep writing, recording, doing this, doing that. So, I mean, yeah. And I think as well with a lot of the venues, the smaller venues going, there's no home for these bands starting out to kind of use that grassroots element of it and kind of grow. And I think even with this band, like Venom Prison, I was saying to the guys, especially like when we were like, you know, writing this record and all that. And I was like, do you know how lucky we are? Like we only started this band like four odd years ago, but we just literally managed to get past like that threshold of being able to just be a band and write music just before a fucking global pandemic. <laughs> like yeah. we're literally like a year away from like, you know what I mean? Like before like 2018, we did the Trivium tour and like, you know, a lot of big festivals. Then like, you know, the year after that, we did like more like headline stuff in America and festivals and all that. And then the pandemic hit. So we were lucky enough to kind of get that audience in front of us before it all kind of packed down, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe if those tours weren't there or maybe we didn't, you know, take those offers, maybe we would be in a different position right now. Maybe it wouldn't be the band that it is. So I can really relate to like so many people that do struggle with it musically because I generally think that we dodged a bullet by, you know, doing what we did when we did. It's, it's got to end at some point. Hasn't right. It? Right. I mean, we got the vaccines coming out. I've yeah. got one next week, which I'm quite happy about. Um, oh, really? You, you're able to get one? Um, I work in care. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. Front line. So, yeah. so does uh, the other guitarist, Ben. Um, oh, nice, man. So he works as a manager in a mental health unit in Bristol. And I work with children with complex needs um, in Newport. Um, All right. So well, music side, man. Shout out for that. That's that's really great work you're doing. So thanks for that, man. Oh, I tell you what, it's fucking <laughs> hard work. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine, man. I can definitely imagine. We're fortunate enough to like work in a very understanding industry where, like, you know, I just kind of say to work, like, I need some time off to record, like, or yeah. thing, and. I just don't really have, same with Ben, like Ben has been working that job since this band started. Oh, so really? all the tours we've done, all the time off we've had and all that, like his job has allowed that. So I think with everything going on with the pandemic and all that, it's kind of like, you know, they've done so much for us, letting us have the time off and do that. Like when this all kind of went off, it was like, right, and we stick with them because they, you know, stuck with us doing all this band shit whilst they're doing important stuff. Yeah. So I think, yeah, like that's why, like, I think really just like open to sticking around and doing that type of stuff, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's very cool of you, man. Yeah, nice. Aside from the kind of recording and stuff, which is probably taking up a lot of the time, um, have you had any downtime to kind of um, listen to anything new or get into anything, uh, any kind of new music lately? Um, I go through really weird phases of just like music binge. Like I think, yeah. trying to think this year, I've been a bit behind to be honest. So far, like, I'm I'm not even sure that much has happened this year, is it? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, not particularly. <laughs> so I've been all right, but I think like last year, things like that Ulcerate record came out. I think they're from New Zealand, and that was like a that that record was awesome. But then, I, I, to be fair, I, I listen to so much music, whether it's been released this year or released how many years ago. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't really think what I listened to last year, like new releases. But hmm. I'm always quite, I'm always quite on it with when there's a release that comes out, like whether I'm like you know driving to work or I've got a bit of downtime. Um, yeah. In you know, like if I'm in work and I've got a quiet couple of hours, sometimes I pop my headphones on and you know, have a listen to a record that's just come out on Spotify. So, yeah, I think it's 
always constantly listen to it or I'm just listening to placebo for the 18th million time. Well, I was going to say, you know, not necessarily, I mean, I said me, but, you know, let's expand the scope a bit. You know, is, is there kind of something that you do find yourself going back to um, like recently? It's always placebo. Like they've been my favorite band since I was like a kid. Like my dad loves placebo and like I, he'd always listen to them. And I think the older I've got, the more I've just been like, actually I do love this band. Like someone asked me like not long ago, what would you say my favorite all-time band is? And it probably would be Placebo, which everyone's just like, oh, I thought it would be something metal. (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) I love metal, but I can't say if you told me I had to listen to one band for the rest of my life, would it be metal? (sighs) Probably not. But yeah, like things like Placebo, but then, you know, even just listening to all metal bands, like that ulcerate band, like I can't compliment enough i've really enjoyed that record um but then like i said earlier like I, I listen to a lot of like music scores as well like I, I really enjoy listening to like video game soundtracks or film soundtracks um so yeah i kind of i kind of get invested in a lot of it if i'm honest like so it's so hard to pinpoint if you could uh you know this could be modern day or go back in time um you know if you could attend any kind of gig or musical events, um, you know, where would you go and, and why? Oh, that's a really good question. Again, the scope is huge, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it I don't know. It would, if it was if it was metal, I'd probably say death. Like I'd probably say death just because it would be the only opportunity to see it, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Um I don't really, I don't really know if I'm honest. Like, I, I guess like a few bands like on our, like album cycles that I would love to have seen, like, like Placebo when they did Sleeping with Ghosts. Like, I would have loved to have seen them in that album cycle because I think a lot of, like, I know a lot of people say like when you see bands like in certain eras, but for me, it's normally touring cycles of a band that really gets me because that's the first moment that you hear those songs if you know what I mean I remember like years and years ago I seen Bullet Boy when I came to Newport and um, it was just as they released um, is it From Under the Cork Tree I think it's that record the second one and it was before the album was released and they just started playing songs off it and it was the first time you heard those songs and I think they're the main times that I would like to see certain bands so yeah like sleeping with ghost placebo i would love to have seen that album cycle um and then death in general because it would have it would have been my only chance to have seen them so i'd, I'd probably pick those two if i can pick two it would be of course man yeah death and placebo yeah we'll make two stops that's okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool man thanks um yeah well we're gonna wrap up real soon because we're almost at the hour um just want to say again, thank you so much for coming and chatting to us. I know you guys are really busy at the moment um, with recording and everything and, and your other jobs as well. Um, give us a, a shout out. Where can we find you online? You know, um, anything else you want to shout out? Just if you've never heard the band before, check it out. Um, it's easy enough to find. <laughs> Luckily, we made a website that's just venomprison.com, which is easy, easy for me. And when I have to explain yeah. to someone, like, Where's your, what's your band like? I'm like, venomprison.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and keep an eye out for this new record that's coming out. Yeah. So, oh, so you know, without putting too much of a, an exact timeline on it, when can we kind of expect um, that? Um, I would like to say this year, but I would be lying if I was saying that everything's going smoothly right now because <laughs> I'm having a few problems with getting back into the studio. Because when we, like, I don't mind explaining it at all, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but when we went into the studio in December, I know it was still lockdown, but it was the, where we recorded was in like a lower tier and we could still go into accommodation. So we've hired accommodation just next to the studio. But now with the lockdown that we're in, we could still technically travel to the studio, but we've got nowhere to stay because of the tiers <laughs> changing to the accommodation. And where we're recording is about five hours from where I live. Uh, so I can't really go back and forth five hours every day. No. 
back and forth. So we're just trying to figure out at the moment. That's actually what I'm going to sort today as well, like just trying to figure out how we could possibly get around it. Or if we can't, it is just going to be a case of waiting until it goes into a, a low enough tier for us to be able to book accommodation again. As it stands, I'm aiming for March. But I mean, the news changes every bloody day, doesn't it? So It does, yeah. I say, you know, Wales is um, a little bit fortunate because you guys seem to um, have handled it slightly better than us. Uh, I'll, I'll admit that, East. yes. <laughs> <laughs> because you guys can, you, you know, you've, um, you know, I don't want to go too much into it, but like, yeah, you guys have had kind of little lockdowns that have like topped you up or whatever, and then you've been able to get back out and do things more frequently. So yeah, hopefully it's going to be a case of that because that's, extremely frustrating that you know <laughs> you can go there but you can't stay there overnight or whatever so it that just, is the that's the worst dumb, part but, yeah that's it annoys me so much because yeah, yeah. It, we could just go there and you know record but it's just the fact of what do we do once we're there like how yes and you can't sleep in the studio there's no sofa you can just kip down on it no just and i think as well i i don't think it would be too fair on um scott who's recording us as such because right right yeah just going to be like five of us stinking the place out every day and he's just <laughs> like right get my coffee off to work open the door to the studio and it just stinks and we're just sat there every day but, oh my god yeah it might speed it up a bit. He might be keen to get you guys through. He's like, come on, let's get this done yet. The weird thing is, is the last records we recorded, the guy who recorded let us sleep in the studio. Oh, and right. like, it just got to the point where like, just there for like however many days straight, no light, no nothing, and just kind of sit there for like 24 hours just either recording or sleeping. You go a bit loopy after a while and definitely miss... Not miss things, but I, I don't think you're thinking as fresh as you should be. No, it's probably and not I, the healthiest, is it? You need time away. Well. Yeah, and I think just having that accommodation every night to just go back to and yeah. like just be away from it. I just don't want to make any, you know, rash decisions on something musically because right. I've been locked up in a room for, <laughs> you know, three weeks. But hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping this year... If it's not this year, it would definitely be early next year. But I'm really pushing for this year. I would like it to be this year. Um, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, and I, I hope that it goes through like that as well, man. You know, hopefully um, Wales will see a little bit of relaxing before England. And um, yeah, you, could, you guys can crack on. Um, but yeah, no, thank again, thank you very much for giving up your time um, no today. Let you get on with it. And yeah, we're everyone's really looking forward to it. Um, hearing what you guys have got in store sounds real interesting so um stay safe and yeah thank you again sir cheers man thank you very much take care see you later bye-bye